What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wised Up Podcast presented by Wyzetta Community Ed. I'm your host, Zach Nelson, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, someone who has appeared on CBS News, The Today Show, Fox News, Good Housekeeping, to name a few, author of Misdiagnosed, My 30-Year Struggle with a Debilitating Disorder I Never Had. It's Jean Abbott. Jean, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to, it's great to be here, Zach. Thank you. Before we get into your story, how is isolation going for you? Well, it's it's going it's still going okay. I mean, uh, playing lots of games, going on lots of walks. Um, it's been fun to slow down a little bit, just to not be so stressed out. Um, but lots of tears, lots of fights. You know, that's just kind of part of being a parent. Uh, so it it's one day at a time just one day at a time and taking it in chunks, you know, Mm -hmm. morning, get through morning, get through afternoon and then get through evening and take a little bit of time for myself before we start all over the next day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's good though. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not too bad. Give us a little backstory on your journey. From about the time I was one, my parents started noticing I was dealing with some symptoms. Uh, Before I knew it, I was seeing one of the best neurologists in the country I was diagnosed with a form of uh, called spastic diplegia, which actually falls under the umbrella for cerebral palsy. Uh, And it was something that I was told that wouldn't get worse. Uh, But as I was getting older, it was getting worse. Um, One of the big criteria that really had a big effect on my symptoms was how much sleep I would get at night. So if I had a really good night of sleep, I'd be able to walk really well the next day. Um, in the morning, I would do really well physically, and I would get worse as the day would go on. So by the time it was time for me to go to bed at night, my mom pretty much had to do everything for me, helping me get into my pajamas and um, just totally get ready for bed because I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, but then 10 years ago, I'm almost to my 10-year anniversary is when I found out that I was misdiagnosed and started taking the right medication and... It's hard to believe, you know, living life with a new diagnosis of dopa responsive dystonia and taking my new medication of levodopa, just being able to do things I never thought possible. What is dopa responsive dystonia? So it is a genetic disorder um, and it's, uh, there are actually, I think about seven different kinds of dystonia, but my uh, specific kind of dopa responsive dystonia. So it is a movement disorder. And the reason they call it dopa responsive dystonia is because I respond very well to taking dopamine. So you got the correct diagnosis and you wrote a book. What compelled you to tell your story? You know, I always loved to write. Uh, English was always my favorite class in school uh, forever. It, I always loved to write. And I always thought one day I would either write screenplays or I would be an author and write books or write a book and I thought well maybe I'll write a story about my growing up disabled but then after I really kind of thought about it it's like well there's nothing real special about my disability and my life I mean it was pretty normal Uh, so I thought well no one's ever going to want to read that Uh, but then when I received my correct diagnosis and everything changed. I was like, okay, now this is a great ending. This is, this is a remarkable story. And so I thought I'm going to do it. I'm going to write, I'm going to write my book. I think most of us at some point over three plus decades 
of having one diagnosis would be resigned to the fact that we kind of are who we are. What happened that ultimately led you to getting that correct diagnosis? That's a great question. Um, and because I, I really had completely and fully accepted my fate of living life uh, completely disabled as I was, uh, what really had happened is um, in my late 20s, I had uh, yet another surgery. Um, I had a, what they call an intrathecal baclofen pump implanted. And that was going to give me all of my muscle relaxers um, so I'd be able to function better. Because I was taking about 15 muscle relaxers a day by pill. But when I had that pump implanted, um, after time, I, I literally, I hit rock bottom. And when I say rock bottom, um, I couldn't even sit in a chair without being propped up. I couldn't tie my shoe. I, I mean, like, I physically couldn't do anything for my own anymore. But to make it worse, that's what put me in the position of, starting to feel depressed and dealing with anxiety, which was far more debilitating than anything physical I had ever gone through. And so I knew I needed to start seeing a counselor and I immediately started seeing a counselor for my depression and anxiety. And that helped immensely. And, you know, there should never be any shame in going to get help. So I'm really grateful that I did that. And so I got back on track mental health wise. And so then I knew I needed to go get a new doctor because whoever was, he, how he was treating me with that um, medical device was not doing me well. And so then um, I went to go see another doctor who also specialized in that particular type of um, device. And when she saw me, she said something didn't seem quite right because I was getting worse as I was getting older. And that does not happen when you have spastic diplegia. You stay the same. And so she urged me to go see another doctor um, who specialized um, in movement disorders. And uh, I reluctantly went several months later because I was, I, like I said, I fully accepted my fate. And I had been originally diagnosed by one of the best doctors in the country. So I never second guessed it, even though, you know, all the other doctors I saw over the years, they never second guessed my diagnosis. So, uh, but yeah, it was just another doctor telling me to go see another doctor because something didn't seem right to her. What was that moment like when you receive the correct, the different diagnosis? <laughs> oh gosh, Zach, I'll be honest with you. When she said that, um, that she thought I was misdiagnosed and she said, you take this new medication, she goes, you're going to be able to walk from A to B without even thinking about it. And I thought she was crazy. I literally thought this doctor has completely, she has lost it. And uh, I wasn't going to fill the prescription. I mean, I was that skeptical because I had been through so much, you know, physical therapy, doctor's appointments, medication, surgeries, and she thought all this is going to change with one little pill. But uh, fortunately, I, I did take the medication. And within hours, everything changed. What was going through your head as things started to change? That you've been living the same way for three decades and all of a sudden, almost instantaneously, your life changes. I was still in denial. I was still very skeptic, um, kind of 
saying all the changes were happening for different reasons. Like the first night after I took the medication, we had gone out to dinner with some family and I was feeling really, my muscles were super tight and spastic. And um, I didn't even know if I'd be able to feed myself with a fork. So I had like a glass of wine with dinner thinking, you know, that'll relax my muscles enough so I can function. So after that dinner, I went to walk out to the car and I walked fairly easily. And so I just chalked it up to, okay, that was a magnificent glass of wine. Like that was the best. And then that night when I got such an amazing night of sleep, when I was able to get up the next day and take a shower easily, I thought, well, it's just because I had a great night of sleep. And so it wasn't until three days later on Easter Sunday, when I was standing out in the church parking lot, waiting for the Easter egg hunt to start. Um, and I was standing by myself that I really realized, okay, this medication is working and my life has just completely changed. Really yeah. our lives had completely changed because this doesn't just affect me. It affects my whole family. And so um, a lot of gratitude, a lot of fear because it's a big change. It's a big change. So I assume once you finally accepted that you could do things differently did you just start trying different things or trying to do things that you had never been able to do before yes a lot of that it was like I was a big kid um like we ate a lot of frozen pizzas that was first couple weeks because I was so excited that I could take a pizza out of the oven like seriously it was like I was 10 years old or something uh, and then some of the other things, it was really, uh, I mean, it was downright scary. I remember the first time that I decided to walk to the mailbox and not use my mobility scooter. And I stood at, you know, up by the house and I stood there looking at my mailbox thinking, it's like a lot, like I knew I could do it. I knew I could get to the mailbox, but psychologically I was so scared to death that I might fall or that I couldn't do it. And I just thought to myself, if you don't take that first step and walk to that mailbox, you are wasting this opportunity, Gene. You are wasting it. And so that was probably one of the scariest moments in my life was walking to the mailbox that first time. And I made it. I did it. And, um, and then walking back up to the house. But all these things, like, like the physical things of like... Uh, the walking. And I mean, it just took a very long time to wrap my head around what I was able to do, like what my new limits were. Um, but such a gift, such a gift that uh, it brings whole new meaning of facing your fears. <laughs> so. Hmm. so you get the correct diagnosis, you, you tell your story and all of a sudden you start getting people reaching out to you to come on the Today Show, CBS News, Fox News. What in the world was it like to all of a sudden be in the spotlight like that? Well, let's just say I was really glad that I'm not like an actual celebrity. I thought, okay, I only have to deal with this for like maybe 24 hours, 48 hours. I mean, it is, I am not one that likes to be in the spotlight. I know that people probably think the opposite because I have done all these interviews. Um, it's funny because I, I had, uh, the UK Daily Mail asked if they could interview me after they saw my blog, one of my blogs. And so 
So I was like, oh, I was really hesitant because I thought, well, I don't know, like they do stories on, you know, the royalty over there. Like I thought, what are they going to say about me? You know? And I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought, well, you know what, I'll do it because maybe it'll help someone else. And they will put it so far back in their online and so far back in their papers. Like no one will probably ever see it. And then they made it their top story. And I remember, uh, so I called my doctor's office because I said, okay, I'm a little worried that maybe Care 11 might call and ask for an interview, like, because this is on here, they might notice like a local person, whatever. So I called and asked my doctor, I go, if that happens, will you do the interview with me? Because I don't want to do it by myself. And she was like, okay, sure, no problem. And by the time I'd hung up my phone with her, I had, I mean, about a dozen voicemails from different news media outlets from all across the world. I mean, like, yeah, Today Show, People Magazine, uh, Good House, I mean, all of them. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So then I had to call my doctor back and I'm like, um, okay, so Care 11 hasn't called me, but the Today Show is wondering if they'll do an interview. We'll do an interview. And I mean, it was just uh, super stressful though. Cause like I had several different producers call me from each one of these media outlets and you're I was just really wondering like who is who they are saying they are because I didn't want to give my story to the wrong person and have someone use it in a in a negative way like I just wanted to make sure it was done right because this is my family these you know this is my life and um but just thinking well as stressful as it is, I'm going to do it. And um, hopefully at least one person receives a correct diagnosis. And if that happens, then everything I went through will have been worth it. In your book, on your blog, you've repeatedly said that you wouldn't go back and change anything about the 30 plus years you were living with that incorrect diagnosis. I think for a lot of people, that's hard to wrap their heads around. Why wouldn't you change anything? No, I think um, I'm just so grateful for what I have and had it been different, had I received this correct diagnosis when I was a little kid and it did exist when I was a little kid, as did the medication, my life would have been very, very different and the choices I would have made along the way would have altered where I am right now. You know, I would have likely have gone to a different college. So I wouldn't have met Steve. And so then I wouldn't have my three kids. And my three kids are my life. Because I think I probably would have gone to possibly a different school. And I mean, everything, everything would have been different. But more importantly, I think in life, it's important not to dwell on the things that we don't have and not to dwell on the things that we missed out on in life. Because if I did that, I wouldn't be able to appreciate those gifts that I have each and every day. Life's too short for that. Life is too short for that. And I do feel like this is my purpose. Dealing with these physical limitations and then receiving a correct diagnosis, I truly feel like this is my purpose. I mean, I've had over 20 people contact me to say they received a correct diagnosis because they've heard my story. And they continue to come in. I just received two more last week from down in Mexico. So just accepting and appreciating what I have. What is it like when people reach out to you and you know that you've impacted their life in a positive way because you told your story? 
it is like being a kid and having Christmas and your birthday all wrapped up in one day because it is, it's just amazing to know that someone else is no longer trapped in their body. Um, Cause they're, they're real people with, with families and they're, they're worried about what their life is going to become and um, to know that they're now free. It's just, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And, and there are times when I question, should I continue to do this? And it seems like whatever that happens, whenever I'm doubting myself and questioning whether or not I should do this anymore, that is when I receive an email saying, thank you for sharing your story. I just received a correct diagnosis. And that keeps me going. So I love it when people tell me that, or even people that aren't dealing with this physical limitation, but they just reach out to say, your story has given me hope. Um, yeah, it just feels like it's my purpose. So you've done a lot already, but what's next for you? <clears throat> That's a tough question. Cause I never know what's next. And sometimes when I think I know what's next, then some really super unique opportunity kind of slaps me in the face. But I'm thinking that, um, so obviously I have my keynote, um, you know, wheels to heels, a positive purpose, but I'm thinking about adding a new keynote, um, really about embracing change. Um, because I think oftentimes people think of change in a negative way. I mean, I don't like change. Like I'll be, that's, 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 I like things just kind of stay how they are. Um, but so often we think of change in, in a negative way. Um, but just kind of embracing that change and handling it in a positive way. Um, like receiving my correct diagnosis. I mean, that was a really good, happy change. Life changing in a positive way. But I was scared to death. So just kind of, I think that's what I'm, I'm really kind of thinking about doing is working on a new keynote about embracing change. So there's a lot of people out there listening that naturally have a lot of fear and anxiety with everything that's happening in the world today. What would you tell those people? Yeah, and that's true. I mean, we are living in a time that we have never experienced before. And it is scary. You know, there are circumstances in our life that we can't control. Always, you know, losing loved ones, losing a job. Right now, the whole COVID-19, we can't help that, um, you know, we have to stay home where people are scared and people are it's easy to fall into the funk of negativity and focusing on, I really miss not seeing my friends and I, I miss not being able to just have activities. And, and for the moms and dads out there that are trying to do their job with all their kids home. I mean, that is so hard and so stressful and you can't change that. There's nothing that you can change about that circumstance, but we can all work and focus on trying to have a better attitude and navigating our way through it. And it seems really, really silly, but my whole life growing up, I always remember my dad saying to my mom or to anyone, me or my brothers, always saying, it is what it is. And this whole situation that we're dealing with, it is what it is. And so we just need to deal with it in the most positive way that we possibly can. Stop and embrace 
those moments with our kids because we're getting this extra time with them, as stressful as it can be, but just look in the day for the positive moments and focus on those. And of course, we all need to do our part to just stay home so everyone else can stay alive because that is so important, so important. And the sooner we can do all that, the sooner we can get through all of this. Where can people find more information about your story and your book? So they can just go to geneabbott.com. There's all kinds of information on there about um, bringing me in to speak at your different events. Um, You can order my book there, um, which if you order it through my website, then I can sign a copy. But it's also available um, on Kindle if people want to read it that way. I know a lot of people are reading a lot of books right now because we don't have a lot else going on. Um, but yeah, or, and I also have a link to the today's show interview on there if they want to watch that. So, yeah. And can people email you if they have questions or want to tell their own story? Oh yes, absolutely. So I can be reached through email at gene at geneabbott.com. And just a side note, we're hoping to have Gene come talk with Wyzetta Community Ed. Not sure if the current date we have on the docket is going to hold up. We're, we're looking to reschedule that. So stay tuned. We're hoping to have Gene in at some point, but again, I encourage you to visit that, that website, geneabbott.com. So Gene, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Oh, it was great. Thanks so much, Zach, for having me. Thanks again to Gene for joining us today. Again, we're planning to have Gene come speak to the Wyzetta community via community ad sometime in the fall. Thanks to all you for listening. Please subscribe to and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. We are now on Apple, Google, and Spotify, among other places. I want to let you know about some online classes that we have coming up. We're holding adult and youth classes in online live formats that you can sign up for now. We'll have everything from live adult fitness to youth art and music classes that you don't want to miss. You can check them out and sign up now on wyzetta.ce.leo.com. Again, that's wyzetta.ce.eleyo.com. Thanks again for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you once again.